1: Let's get started.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpole, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. This episode's one of our regular segments, Word Around the Campfire, bringing you news from around the WordPress community, and joining me for this episode is often pressed to this host and sometimes pressed to this guest, Mr. Anthony Bruchel of WP Engine. Anthony, welcome to the show. hello. Hello. Awesome. And I feel a little weird welcoming you because you know you do host Press This from time to time. Matter of fact, you hosted last week. Uh, who did you interview last week, Anthony? I was actually out of town.
3: So yeah, last week I, I, I met with Scott Deluzio and we talked a bit about uh, freelancing and community involvement, things like that.
2: All right, all right. Well, in this episode, again, we're going to be talking about uh, news from around the WordPress community. And it's actually been a pretty big month here uh, for WordPress with lots and lots of things changing and, and being released and uh, a lot of information, I think, that as developers or digital marketers, it's helpful for you to understand so you can plan your strategy around that. And one of the biggest things that happened uh, this past month was the release of WordPress version 4.98. And there was a lot going on there and, and one of the bigger things was the, the Try Gutenberg button and Anthony, you had a pretty special role in the, the deployment of version 4.98. Maybe you could share with the audience a little bit about what your role in that was, and then uh, maybe we can unpack some of the features and things that were changing in the newest version of WordPress um, that was l- released You know, just just really a few business days ago.
3: Yeah, so, uh, so 498, uh, a few days ago, we, we uh, had a release and uh, so my, my role in, in this, this release was uh, kind of more on the project uh, management side of things, kind of doing the, the meetings and writing up the notes and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so a lot of my duties were just running the meetings themselves around the decisions that we made for 498 and uh, yeah, it's, I'm really excited about the release. It seems to have uh, done a lot of good things.
2: And that's that's a a big, I think you're underselling your role in that a little bit. It's a lot of cat herding and uh, lots of different opinions. And for those of you that have never been involved with a core meeting, and there's all kinds of meetings, and, and Anthony, I know you ran the actual core meeting, but there's also what are called subcomponents and subcomponents within WordPress core. Each of those have meetings, and so contributors from around the world participate in them. Important decisions are made on the future of WordPress, and then you have these cat wranglers that are leading the meetings, condensing the opinions, focusing the group, and then getting them um, to push out the release or solve whatever issues on are uh, du jour. So Anthony, 4.98, a lot of things going on with that release. Try Gutenberg uh, button popped up. This was the first time a lot of people saw the option to try out Gutenberg, even became aware of it. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about how that went down with the deployment? Was it a nice uh, easy deployment or update? uh, What were people's reactions to it? Like what are you seeing from the community relative to Gutenberg?
3: So yeah, prior to the release, uh, the release was actually pushed back a few days because uh, there were some decisions that needed to be made around if if Gutenberg was ready to be tried. Uh, And and there were some issues with with switching between the classic editor and Gutenberg and, and a few other little bugs that were sort of blockers. Uh, and a big part of the meetings that I was a part of uh, uh, was, was kind of deciding what what justifies holding. And, and to us, just, uh, the thing that justified holding is if, if Gutenberg was going to break things, then we probably don't want to tell people to try it. So we, we, uh, we waited a bit, and, and the Gutenberg team came together, fixed a bunch of issues, and, and we deemed it ready to go. Uh, and then since then, we've had a huge adoption of Gutenberg. I think the, the numbers have almost doubled or doubled since then. So that's
2: kind of cool. So by numbers, you mean the number of people that have essentially installed the Gutenberg plugin, started trying out the Gutenberg editor experience on their site. And so prior to the Try Gutenberg uh, button being released in Core, people really had to kind of be in the know or within the community to even be aware this was happening and try it out. And so, essentially, the buttons now doubled the number of people testing it. Now, why does that matter?
3: Uh, That matters considerably because uh, we can now identify all these big problems. Uh, uh, You can, it's like, all of these themes that are out there, have custom functionality and things that they add in the editor. And it's hard to predict what all of those are. Since the number is doubled, we have twice as uh, good of a chance as we did previously. So, yeah, now we're going to get better feedback.
2: So when Gutenberg becomes part of WordPress core, the bigger the test audience, the more people reporting back problems, the easier it will be for the core team to identify what those are and remediate them. And that's why it's so important to get this testing group to be as large as possible. You know, I remember thinking back to the Yoast 3.0 release, and I don't know if uh, anyone in the audience remembers this but it actually caused a lot of problems for a lot of sites, and this was one of the issues that Yoast had pointed out relative to that release, was that their test audience just wasn't big enough, and there were JavaScript conflicts that kept popping up with all these other plugins, and until that test group was large enough, they couldn't discover all the little, um, you know, kind of the moles to whack in the whack-a-mole game, and so now with Gutenberg, of course, we want to get that test audience as large as possible. Now, you, you mentioned though that people are having some problems, and I've, you know, talked to some friends, and I've done my own testing, and my testing's actually all been pretty good, uh, hardly any issues at all with the sites I've been testing on, um, and, of course, the core team's been putting a, a really kind of sharp lens on backwards compatibility, but, of course, there, there are things that can happen with sites, and the back-end editing experience is probably one of the biggest ones, um, you know and I know that for WP engine for example and other platforms like automatic for example they're, they're, we're using things like the ramp plugin to help people kind of uh, adopt Gutenberg but in a responsible way in a planned way so Anthony could you help explain to the audience what is the ramp plugin? how do I use it um, why should I consider using it and then uh, just generally what are your thoughts on, on Gen- uh, Gutenberg deployment
3: Yeah, so the RAMP plugin uh, is a plugin that will expose options to allow you to granularly control where Gutenberg is used in your site. So, uh, so for instance, one of these options could be a custom post type like products in WooCommerce. So you, can, you probably don't want to use Gutenberg maybe initially with your product pages, and you could probably just turn that off with the options, and Ramp kind of allows you to do that. And, and as you mentioned, WP Engine, as being an example, is going to be deploying this Ramp plugin to our customers, uh, and, and that will allow for the customer to decide if they want to turn it on. So we'll have it default off and then allow a customer to go in and turn it back on.
2: So I think it's really interesting, you know. And I was uh, just at Affiliate Summit, and I was talking to a few people around their strategy, and really talking about the ramp plugin and using it to kind of stage your way or ramp your way into Gutenberg. Uh, but one important thing that I, I wanted to point out was that when you install the Ramp plugin, it actually completely deactivates Gutenberg. So just be aware of that as you use that plugin for testing. But you know, as as Anthony pointed out, it allows you to selectively turn it back on. So you can selectively leave it off for products, but selectively turn it on for your posts, for example. And that's really helpful for kind of you know, being able to leverage the Gutenberg experience without having to fully make those back-end editing experiences um, fully compatible with Gutenberg. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to dig more into WordPress news and talk about updates we think that are important to you. So everybody hang tight, and we'll be right back.
1: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs.
3: We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are, and we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them.
1: Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more.
4: Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world, covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save 100 off of registration using promo code Radio That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm here with Anthony Burchell, and we're talking WordPress news as part of our Word Around the Campfire episode of Press This. Um, you know, there were some other updates recently in the community that I thought was kind of interesting, and that's why are all the WordCamps canceling? I've seen WordCamps canceled in Pakistan, and now Ann Arbor, Michigan has announced the cancellation. And, you know, thematically looking at the articles that have come out on this, and WP Tavern has done a pretty good job of covering these events, it's everything from like community infighting to venue issues, and so um, I I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a plague on WordCamps, um, but it does seem like you know obviously some cities are having more problems than others, and so um, it's interesting to think about that. And you know we're talking about it even here on this show, because as you attend word camps, as you think about you know booking your tickets and sponsorships and ways to support them, or even more importantly, if you think about volunteering for them, just keep in mind this notion that it is a hard and difficult thing to pull off to pull off a citywide event like that for the community, and to take care when you're doing those volunteer or, uh, efforts or uh, sponsoring to stay committed to that and to make sure that you have the time to commit to it to do a good job because you know that local community sometimes relies on those events and so if you step up to be a leader and don't actually follow through with that uh, obviously that's not the best for the community to lose these events. So uh, the folks over in Ann Arbor uh, had some venue issues. They uh, have an eye towards 2019 so hopefully that one will be back Uh, but I just thought it was kind of interesting, uh, maybe not a trend, but at least a trend on articles on WP Tavern um, that were covering that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, You know, I just got back from New York, and I mentioned that earlier in the show, keynoting Affiliate Summit. And uh, what I did for the keynote was a live demo of various strategies within WordPress, including Gutenberg. I thought it was really interesting as, as, you know, and I know a lot of makers, developers are are listening to the show. And you know, we're all in the know, especially if you listen to the show and you're in the community, you know about Gutenberg, you know about the various releases and what they involve and what your strategy is. But those end customers, those, those content creators, don't always know this information. Your clients, if you're a freelancer or agency, rely on you to have that foresight. And so, for example, I thought one of the interesting things that the audience really knew nothing about was the end of life of older versions of PHP coming later this year and early next year. Meaning, of course, you need to update your version of PHP for your WordPress site, otherwise you'll be running on a deprecated or non-security patched version. And that's a big deal, and the audience had no idea about this. They had no idea about Gutenberg. Um, it was kind of funny, I asked uh, people how many people made uh, changes to their website in production and nearly everyone raised their hand and uh, they kind of chuckled at the notion of being cowboy coders. Um, but but it was really just eye, eye-opening for me to think about, well there's this audience of people that are using WordPress to build sites to build experiences, and oftentimes in a DIY, but but also in a somewhat advanced way, although they're not developers, but had very little insights into some of the more overarching themes that are happening in WordPress and why they're important to their site. So I think my one piece of advice would be if you're a freelancer or agency, do, of course don't assume your customer knows all this stuff. Make sure you're setting them up for success through things like PHP versioning and certainly Gutenberg readiness. Um, I think another interesting piece of news that hit recently was an update to the Facebook API about uh, basically being able to post as a person. Facebook recently disabled that API, Um, you know, they had various reasons for that, but the interesting impact that had was to Jetpack's publicize feature, which basically allowed you to do just that, take your blog post from inside the WordPress experience and essentially post it to your Facebook profile. There were a lot of other tools that were affected by this API, um, but I think it's really kind of twofold for me, meaning that one, and Jetpack has a lot of things, they're not wholly dependent on this API, but if you're building solutions or products that rely on things like these API, don't build your house upon the sand. Those are shifting sands, and that API's availability or your access to it might change over time, just like it did for uh, a Jetpack and Automatic. Now, of course, they'll adjust and make it right, and Jetpack's full of a bunch of other stuff, so it's not gonna be like a death sentence or anything to Jetpack, of course, but really I just thought it was this interesting update in the community that really makes you think about, you know, what am I building, what is it relying on, and what can I do to help ensure that the things I create will still be there in the future. Um, another interesting thing for me was Ninja Forms getting into e-commerce. Um, this was an article or this was an, uh, thing, something that was called out uh, specifically on post status um, and basically talked about some of their new e-commerce product offerings and we've seen a lot of that recently. You know, Big Commerce was at WordCamp Europe and um, you know, they've got some inroads that they're trying to make into WordPress um, and now we see uh, Ninja Forms, so Anthony, what, do you think everybody's like, taking, trying to take a stab at WooCommerce? Like what's with all the new e-commerce stuff? Uh,
3: I, think the, the more, I think the more interesting trend is one of the ones that you mentioned there is that uh, uh, e-commerce platforms that have been kind of proprietary are now opening up to being in WordPress sites. And I think they're starting to realize that that, that extendability of, of being displayed on somebody's actual website is important to people and that, that's a really interesting target to go after.
2: Yeah, and at a third of the web, of course, WordPress is really attractive for those platforms. But you know, WooCommerce is something like 40% of all uh, WordPress sites, I think is one of the stats I saw recently. So it's obviously, a, am sorry, it was 40% of all e-commerce sites are WooCommerce sites. So that's a huge chunk of that market share. And obviously, people really enjoy the content creation experience in WordPress and the flexibility of it. Um, especially compared to proprietary platforms. And so, you know, in addition to uh, wanting to kind of embrace WordPress just in general, there's obviously a lot of market share there. And so, you know, why, why, why beat them when you can join them kind of thing. Uh, but it's interesting to see this trend. Of course, Ninja Forms has already been in, in the WordPress space for a while, but it's also interesting to see them you know, kind of attacking this e-commerce vertical. Um, there's another interesting article that came out recently that I liked, which was by Jason Cohen. He's actually the founder of WP Engine, and you know it's kind of a, a, a common topic in the WordPress community, and that is is WordPress just a blogging platform? And this article was published on a company called TechNative, TechNative.io, and Jason had some really interesting stats there. Of course, we all know that WordPress is about 31% of the web. Uh, which is, of course, we pointed out before, obviously a huge market share. And again, WooCommerce powers more than 40% of e-commerce stores. So if anybody's asking you, is WordPress just a blogging platform, these are some great stats to give them to help illustrate that it's more than that. Um, 60% of CMS users choose WordPress. That's huge, that in and of itself is WordPress as a CMS more than a blogging platform. Again, the 50,000 plugins in the ecosystem, they do all kinds of stuff that's beyond just a blog. Um, But it also started to remind me of some of the history of WordPress. When did WordPress have these moments when it became more and more clear that it wasn't just a blogging platform? I think one of the ones for me was actually the revolution theme, which was produced by Brian Gardner, the founder of StudioPress, And the revolution theme was one of the first times someone saw a WordPress homepage that wasn't a blog role. It was a regular website homepage, and that was one of the defining moments in WordPress where people started to think about their sites differently, thinking about it more like a content management system for websites rather than a blogging platform. And of course, there were other key moments in the history of WordPress. 2004, plugins were introduced. Of course, that opened up a bunch of functionality beyond just blogging. Um, Widgets and shortcodes, of course, added to that back in 2007. And then to me, one of the defining moments when WordPress really kind of enters this era of being a CMS or modular CMS is the introduction of custom post types back in 2010. And we saw huge shifts in the industry at that time. Plugins approaching WordPress differently. Even some of the larger agencies kind of coming into their own during that time because of the capabilities now available in WordPress. So 2010 was a big year. 2016, REST API, another huge year. Not only is WordPress a modular CMS, but with the API, it then becomes extensible. And then also in 2016, the release of WPCLI as an official core project to help automate the creation of of those experiences and be able to control WordPress via the command line. So huge, huge, huge uh, milestones in WordPress. And of course, Gutenberg, the one that's coming out this year, to me, is the next huge milestone in really kind of anchoring WordPress as more than just a blogging platform. It's a website creation platform. I think it's a second nature to us, but I think I wanted to share today on this show some of the stats Jason shared in his article, but then also some of these historical moments relative to when they occurred to really help uh, kind of center you in terms of WordPress's evolution as a proper CMS. So we got more WordPress news, more stuff coming up. We're going to ask you to hang on one more time, and we'll be right back
1: time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment.
4: There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, iTunes, email brasco at wmr.fm and get
1: your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be Let's press forward with more Press This only on Webmaster Radio.fm.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our Word Around the Campfire episode covering all the latest news and WordPress. Things are important for you as you plan your strategy. Right before the break we were talking about Jason Cohen's article about is WordPress just a blogging platform? Lots of fun stats and historical dates around how WordPress has evolved. Now I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about Gutenberg and product development. You know, lots and lots of people out there are, are trying to understand how well I embrace blocks when I'm creating a plugin. How will I embrace blocks when I'm dealing with themes? And for those of you that listen to the show frequently, Um, You might have heard that WP Engine in the last month, a little bit more than a month now, purchased StudioPress, the maker of Genesis and the StudioPress themes. And this has been a big focus of the StudioPress team leading up to the acquisition and post-acquisition. And so how will themes engage with blocks? What sort of controls do site creators want in terms of controlling those experiences and controlling those designs? Those are some of the big focuses of the studio press team as they think about the future of Genesis. And you know, we've talked to a lot of product makers from around the community who are also kind of engaging in these discussions and and, and thinking about the future. And I don't know, to me, Anthony, like the the pulse of Gutenberg with product makers and everything so far has pretty much been like, oh my goodness, I don't know if it'll work. Wait and see. I'm not really sure what to think. Is that, is that a fair assessment of the community's kind of response to this, Anthony?
3: It's a fair assessment, and I think, I think it's also a fair response because Gutenberg is still kind of being built right now, and it, it is hard to anticipate what the things are that you need. But I think the big thing is that, that we need to be vocal, and we need to say, like, hey, the, I, I need the ability to granularly control X, Y, and Z and, and, and say, well, it, this is how we think it would be uh, done and kind of present – a solution as well as a problem, but just a broad solution. It doesn't have to be the actual thing.
2: <laughs> right. It's fair because it's not complete. So there's anxiety around what's not there. Um, there's fear around all the different permutations of sites that might uh, encounter Gutenberg and have problems. And as a product maker, you know, we I remember internally we had called our Gutenberg rollout tiger team Gutenberg-ageddon in this notion of, oh my goodness, we're going to have all these customers that have all these problems. And, you know, I think Anthony, through the leadership of people like you, and certainly the core team working on Gutenberg with a lens towards backwards compatibility, um, you know, so a lot of that, a lot of that anxiety is probably misplaced. But at the same time, the ambiguity about the future, and then your responsibility to provide that feedback, so that way the core team can adjust to what product makers might need in order to accommodate, is an important piece of that. But I think and we've talked about this on the show before. Our posture has changed from Gutenberg again, and I love this, Anthony, you came up with this name, Guten-tunities. In other words, how can you leverage Gutenberg to grow? And this was one of the things I posed to the audience at Affiliate Summit, how do you come to do it not from a place of fear, but from a place of opportunity? How can you leverage the capabilities of Gutenberg to make your customers' experience better, and to make your technology adopt it, integrate it, and use it for success. And that's really, again, what the StudioPress team has been doing around Genesis and the StudioPress themes. And I've started to see that shift, I think, in product makers from less of a wait and see mentality to this would be really cool if we could do this. And I think that's a a positive step for the community, really to embrace the opportunities with Gutenberg. As a matter of fact, speaking of embracing the opportunities with Gutenberg, there is an unlikely thing that embraced Gutenberg this week in terms of taking the code and kind of forking it and airlifting it into something else. Anthony, what was this thing that's so odd to adopt Gutenberg this week?
3: Yeah, uh, so there's, a, there's another CMS out there. I, I didn't know this, but there's another one called Drupal. And, uh, and I think they're actually looking into Gutenberg and, and using it as an editor.
2: Yeah, I think that's funny, and obviously I'm assuming that a lot of the audience here, of course, knows what Drupal is, har 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 but yeah, there was some talk around airlifting uh, Gutenberg and basically dropping it into Drupal um, to use it as for the editing experience, you know, and it's kind of funny to think about that, Um, uh, I guess imitation is the sincerest form of flattery here. Of course, with open source, you can just kind of airlift it out and drop it in your own code base. Uh, but it's really interesting to see Drupal, uh, you know, kind of I guess at least express interest in adopting it as part of Drupal core.
3: And and there's something cool though about this is that it's 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 proving that that the standards that Gutenberg is building out as an editor are are useful and and are good and you and and valid as a universal way to do this. Uh, and and I think it. it, it I find it interesting that that they are able to take something that's so focused on WordPress and make it work in Drupal. I'm not too sure, I haven't gotten a chance to look at it and play with it, but, but from what it sounded like on the article I read, it, it seems complete.
2: All right, well a vote of confidence from the Drupal community. Thanks to both of you people in the Drupal community for that vote of confidence. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Cool. So last thing on the note, I think this is just more of a kind of fun news item. So uh, for those of you in the community, you might be familiar with Bob WP. He has a a podcast content site around WooCommerce and e-commerce in general. And he made the suggestion that the 5.0 release should be codenamed Garland or Red Garland who's a jazz musician. Those of you that are familiar with WordPress releases knows that, know that you know you jazz musicians are a theme. Uh, but one of the, I thought the interesting points that Bob made was that uh, Red Garland is known as a pianist uh, for his work to help popularize the block chord style of piano playing. So uh, that was a clever association from Bob there. Uh, who knows what that'll make it into the, the final release. Date. He's got my votes. All right, so Anthony Anthony's in vote of Bob's, uh, Bob's suggestion there. It seems pretty clever to me. So anyways, thanks everyone for listening today to Press This. We hope you got some valuable, valuable information about WordPress news and how you might be able to use some of these updates in thinking about your strategy. Um, really appreciate you uh, listening today. Just a reminder, as always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes of Press This at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl, here with Anthony Burchell. I support the WordPress community through my Rolla WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press Desk.